You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey there, Served Up community. Julie here. I am so excited to introduce you to Lindsay Stannard, also known as Cleveland Bourbon Girl. Lindsay is an up-and-coming bartending professional that is committed to bringing Cleveland onto the national bar scene and, more importantly, promoting a more diverse and inclusive industry. Lindsay is an example of a bold leader putting herself out there, sharing her perspective, and yet being vulnerable with all the hard work that is still to be done. As we celebrate Black History Month, here's to Lindsay Stannard for doing the hard work of making history and getting in good trouble for positive change. Now sit back, grab your favorite Cleveland bourbon girl, Rye Manhattan, and get inspired. Lindsay, welcome to Served Up. We're so happy to have you on today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, Lindsay, we connected like most of us through the pandemic on social media. I think our very large world turned into a very small one. Um, so, tell us a little bit about your presence on social media and your kind of roots in this industry. Just like everybody else, I use social media quite a bit to kind of gravitate my career during the pandemic. I personally was going through a struggle here in Cleveland. I didn't really feel like our community here in the industry was unified. So I was just looking for any types of friends at that point. I wasn't looking for anybody to like get me a job or anything. I just needed a group of people that would have my back when I was feeling so discouraged. So I had actually came across Brown and Balance and Josh Davis. So I reached out to him and he's like, oh, just give me a call and, you know, we'll talk. If I know anybody, I'll send them your way or whatever. And I called him and he didn't answer. So I'm like, okay, now I I thought I had a friend here. I don't know what to do. And I just kept messaging him. And then I saw people he was following and I started following them and reaching out to them. And before you knew it, I had a whole community of friends and I couldn't be happier. So, and I know you guys have spoken a few times since then. Yes. Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I look at Josh now like a big brother. He's not just someone I met on the internet or, you know, an industry connection. He, he's like a big brother to me. So I'm really grateful for him. He's part of the reason why I know you. <laughs> yes. Josh connects so many of us. And I think that's what such an incredible thing, you know, we're all in in different places all across the States. And, you know, one person can connect us all. And and that really is his mission. You know, Josh has been on our, um, on served up, but 
you know, and he's been mentioned a lot. He's definitely one of our, our legends from served up, but for those (laughs) that don't know Josh Davis, which is a very few, tell us a little bit more about what made you want to reach out to him through his platform, Brown and Balanced and, and how has that helped you during these hard times? I had gotten to a point in my career where I realized Cleveland's cocktail scene is very small and very tight knit. And I was the only black person every time I turned around. If there was a black person, they did not stick around very long. So I didn't feel like like I, I felt like I had friends, but I didn't feel like I had friends that understood the things that I was going through in the industry or just in the community and life in general. So I I really was looking for more people that look like me to show me that I could do this because it's one thing for me to meet a white male or a white woman and they say, oh, you know, Lindsay, you got it, but you can't really relate to the struggles that I'm going through. So when I heard about Brown and Balance and I just saw some of the posts and saw what he was doing for people that look like me, I'm like, okay, this is the person I need to talk to and have in my corner. (laughs) Now that's really great. And and I know that that was, you know, for somebody, not that we want to age Josh, but you know, he is a big part of that, you know, that generation, that industry. Right. And, and I guess I could, I could say I'm a part of that as well is that he's been through it, you know, like I think going into his 20, 25th, 30th year. And um, I know it was important for him to provide a platform so that he can help others um, come up in the industry. So it's so wonderful that you know, it's, it's impacted your life and, and where you are. Um, And the fact that you kind of were able to find this network so that you feel like you belong. And how has that changed um, in, you know, just the last two years? Do you feel like you're making an impact on changing what that image is in the Cleveland cocktail industry? Or do you still feel like there's a long way to go? Both. I feel like I definitely put my name out there a little bit more in the past few years than, you know, when I first started out, I was working at a very popular bar and people knew me while I was there. But once I left, it was like, okay, who are you again? I'm like, dude, I served you every day at this (laughs) bar. You know me. So now it's just like, you know, I, I see people and they're like, oh, you're Lindsay, right? Or, oh, you're Cleveland bourbon girl. Like when I went down to D.C. in particular, I think that's when I really got a lot of eyes coming my way, in particular in my city. So I do think people are now noticing black and brown bartenders in my city, but we definitely have a long way to go. Um, I'm not the only one that struggles. And I think that the only reason why I am somebody that when you look at Cleveland, I'm one of the only few black bartenders that you hear about is because I put myself out there so much. I I didn't give up. I got a very good head start in my career, starting off where I did, which most people don't get to do. So after a while, especially after meeting Josh and seeing what he was doing, I'm like, that that is what I need to do for my community at first. I I don't need to take it to a national level because essentially everyone has Josh. Not, you know, not to say that to boast him up, but he's there for everybody, not just black bartenders in Chicago, but I know the black bartenders in my city need me. So it was motivational to connect with him aside from the personal reasons, because I'm like, I, we need this here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great that you're able and, and that you recognize that it's not just about putting yourself out there for you and, and what you need, but it's for everybody else that comes up, you know, and has yeah. those same challenges. So what are some of the things that that you're doing or that you're hopeful out of the Cleveland 
bartender scene that you can kind of impact um, in the near future? Well, again, I, I still consider myself a rookie. I'm going into my fourth year of bartending. So right now, my focus is to just elevate my education in this craft, learn more about craft cocktails in particular, because you can never know enough. I mean, there are people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, and they still sit side by side with me in these classes. So I just want to continue to educate myself. So when these bartenders are coming up, if they're unable to get these opportunities that I have, they have someone like me, because I think that that's important. And I think that that's why I had that point in my career where I was looking for someone like that, that mentorship outside of the bar that you're at or outside of the classes that you're taking at a bartending school. That is super important because that's your motivation to just keep going. Yeah, I think education is definitely, you know, something that would would help you right to further mentor other bartenders that come up in the hospitality industry. What are ways that you can get support from others in the industry, like, you know, your sale distributor sales partners or brands or suppliers? I mean, are do you feel that you get that support with the resources that they have around different kind of educational programs? And if not, what can they do better? Um, I definitely feel like they have those things. Um, but one thing that I realized here in Cleveland Unless it's a black brand rep or a spirit rep, they don't really pay attention to the black bars. They go into that tight knit craft cocktail scene because they know for a fact their product is going to be pushed because the bartenders and the bar owners are aware they have their spirits education. They know what they're talking about to sell it. And that's not a commonality once you get to the other side of town where the black bars are. But that doesn't mean that you can't take that time to go do a tasting with that staff like you do when you go downtown to the bar that you know your stuff is going to be sold at and you don't have to put that effort in. I think that I always tell any brand rep that I know, we're like your unofficial brand rep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We don't directly work for the brand. But if we are knowledgeable about the brand enough and we actually enjoy it on top of that, we're going to sell it for you. So it only takes five, 10 minutes for you to just give me a tasting, give me the tasting notes, make me aware on what I should pick up on when I'm smelling it. And then I can sell it for you. I can know how to put it in a cocktail because I have that training as a bartender. And Black bartenders are typically overlooked in the city because people know that they don't have those educational opportunities. And I'm ready to do that because it's necessary. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, just the fact that, you know, that that's a reality of, you you know, that that you're sharing within your community, that there are bars that are white or cocktail driven versus black bars and that they're not getting the same kind of attention is is definitely an issue. Right. I mean, I think going out there and making sure that and it's also good for business is you want to make sure that you're getting that that wide net of consumers and, and touching the consumers. What are some brands that, that you do work with that you feel like are kind of doing it the right way? Beam Centauri for sure. Over the past like six or seven months, when I did the Maker's Mark and Black Restaurant Week competition, I was able to meet one of the newer reps in the area. He is a Black man. So I think his focus is automatically different, but usually the The more popular brands, so to speak, like the Patron, Diageo, those reps typically in Cleveland are white. And I think people kind of overlook the segregation in Cleveland because we're not the minority here. 
but we're still treated like we're the minority. The education, uh, the justice system, the employment, the health, it, it's all segregated. And we're at the bottom, especially me as a Black woman. And people, again, they overlook that because when you look at the racial demographics by a number, we're on top. So people just assume we're okay because there's so many of us. But we're not the ones that are running these banks and you know these businesses that can put these opportunities in front of our own people. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really, you know, that's a shame to hear, you know, in, in today's day. And what's your vision to, to change that? And I know it's a it's a long road and it's a lot to put on your shoulders. But, you know, you you come off and, and one of the main reasons why you have been kind of successful in building your network through social media and kind of being out there as a Cleveland Bourbon girl is that you're very authentic, you know, and, and you really put yourself out there. And, and we know how hard that can be and being yeah. vulnerable. Um, so as you continue to grow your presence and, and gain that audience that believes in you and that wants to support you like we do, what is it that, that you would like to do and change immediately that you feel like you can do it with just a little bit more support? I think the biggest thing is I, I wish people would actively look at Cleveland as a mark. Um, a lot of brand reps. Granted, these are smaller brands, so the funding could be an issue, but Cleveland is typically just immediately written off. If it's a spirits brand that is looking into what market they should go into next, it's like they, Ohio and PA, honestly, are kind of on the same level. So they don't even look up in this direction at all. There is a lot of talent in Cleveland, not even just minority talent, but we're not, no, no one's paying attention to us. And I think that that is really a start. You know, every time I look up just any cocktail competition, it's very rare for me to see someone in my city. And I know that people in my city are entering these competitions. I just wish people would take us seriously. We are trying to do this. We are a newer city in the cocktail scene. I think maybe like when I started bartending is when Cleveland was actively getting into cocktails. So I think that's also where I had a leg up. I'm learning with the entire city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now, you know, people are starting to get more familiar with things. We're not just the beer and vodka city anymore. You know, we've got people that love bourbon. We've got people that love tequila. We've got people that love craft cocktails and we'll spend $30 on a cocktail. If you know what you're talking about, it can make it right. So I just wish people just had their eyes on Cleveland a little bit more because that would just be the perfect start. Yeah. And Cleveland, I um, I did spend some time in Cleveland. It was one of my markets and it it is a beautiful city. You know, I mean, I think it I think it really is. Um, and to have you out there representing Cleveland on the bar scene, I think it's it's a great thing, you know, and and you are bringing a lot of awareness there. I think that it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to kind of help you and, and support you along that journey. I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. I've just been so focused on supporting people myself that people have just been watching me and kind of supporting me that way. But no one's ever asked me, like, how can I support you? So I wish I had like a more detailed answer, like, here's what you can do for me. But this is the first time that someone's actually asked me, how could they help? So I really appreciate that, too. <laughs> well, you know, and and I think that that is important because sometimes as, you know, as people that want to help others and, and you're selfless, right, and you're always putting yourself out there, that's really great. But you also need to be empowered and help yourself so that you can further help other people. 
right? Yeah. And I think that it's great seeing you in your career journey because I feel like that's, you know, it's like that first step is just putting yourself out there and we know how much work that is. And the oh, next yeah. step is like, okay, how do you feel you can add the biggest impact? And then what do you need to get there? And I feel like that's kind of how it is for these brands and everybody as they kind of figure and, and look at their surroundings, like, wow, I, it's not diverse and everybody that's around me all look the same. And, you know, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's like, maybe that was just normal over years, but I think there's a reckoning now where people are kind of noticing and saying, okay, I do need to expand. I need to get out there. And and like you mentioned, Maker's Mark and a lot of these brands have started doing the work and diversifying their teams and really connecting to the community more than just having a campaign, but actually saying, okay, if we want to reach different communities, we need to bring different people into our organization. Right. So I think that it's also important as a leader you know, taking, putting yourself out there, you know, is, is putting yourself out as a leader is being able to ask for what you want and what you need, you know? So I love that you gave the example of Maker's Mark. It's like, okay, so, you know, maybe a tequila can, can kind of step up and like a premium, you know, like you mentioned Patron or, or whatnot. And I know that that's interesting because being in a small market, you might not get some of the impacts of of some of their initiatives, right? So maybe they're in in the bigger markets, but not markets like Cleveland. So I think, you know, so any of our brand managers that are listening, it's a really great opportunity. What is coming up for you now? Like, what do you foresee in in 2022? Like, what is is something that, that you would like to see come to life for you personally? Um, for me personally, I want to put myself more out there as a bartender advocate and not just a bartender and a mixologist. Um, I think for the past three years, that's all I've been doing is just trying to say, Hey, look at me, look what I can do. Now that I've done that, my overall goal is to help my, my people, of course, but in the next 10, 15 years, I want to look into distillation and production, which is also why I'm so adamant of making sure black people know the brands and the spirits and most black people in my city don't really know much about bourbon. They're a little scared of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a stigma here that is going to put hair on your chest. The guys <laughs> say it, the girls say it. So I really want to make them aware. I think the biggest misconception is, especially Cleveland's a party city. So everything is a shot. You, they're not sipping anything. They're not really smelling it first. They're just throwing it back. So when you are throwing back a 80 80 proof tequila and then you take a bourbon that's 100 proof and you try to throw it back you're gonna get that burn a lot more but I've actually sat with people and you know walked them through a tasting with some bourbon 100 proof 90 proof just sip it for me do not this is not a shot that's why I didn't pour you a shot (laughs) just sip it for me smell it you know move the glass around a bit and then let me know what you're picking up on because it's always, oh, it just smells like liquor. That That's mm-hmm. because they don't know. Yeah. It smells and like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. Well, you can't just tell me that because does it smell like tequila? Does it mm-hmm. smell like cognac? Does it smell like gin? Oh, no, it doesn't smell like that. All right. Let's go a little bit deeper. Are you smelling the oak on it? And then once they do that, they're like, oh, OK. So what, what do you think I should drink? That mm-hmm. one was a little too strong for me. 
what do you think I should drink? And then I can go ahead and go from there. And then before I know it, they're calling me once a week. Like, okay, I need a new recommendation because I just went through that bottle. Just little things like that would help. And I think, again, going back to how segregated the scene is here, a lot of the bar owners, you know, the Black bar owners don't have this education either. Because we, as Black people in Cleveland, have just been so trained to just get money, get a business, take care of your family. That's it. Mm -hmm. Education has never really been the forefront in Cleveland, even from the beginning. We're an industrial steel city. It's a trade city. Everyone goes to get a trade. But I need people to realize that bartending is not just something that you just go ahead and grab when you need a couple extra dollars. This is a trade. There, there are courses for it. There's a lot that you have to learn. And there's also a lot of money you can make doing it too. And when you put it like that, then people are a little bit more eager to go ahead and learn some more. So, <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely relate with that because, you know, I, I started my career on the wine side and I do see this on the spirit side, but it is really about understanding your tastes, right? And, and understanding your sensory, your, your smell and, and what it looks like. And, um, we've actually, I feel like every last few episode, every recording, we've been talking a lot about alcohol consumption, right. Mm -hmm. And, and being that we're in this industry and it is meant to be fun and drinking, there is also a serious part where we take this very seriously. And there's been a lot of talk around mindful consumption. So your example of like, okay, this isn't a shot. Look at it. Smell it. What do you smell? Do you smell this? And walking people through that, I think, is um, is a very special thing because you're you're working all your senses and that helps your memory. And the fact right. that now they're like, oh, now I know what I like and what I don't like, yep. um, you know, and, and I'm just kind of thinking out loud talking to you. You know, I think that there is an opportunity for you to kind of do what you're what you're wanting to do. Right. It's like build that education, you know, possibly even um, offering some, you know, basic tasting seminars and having brands sponsor you in that, you know, or even working with like your local sales representatives to, to provide, you know, the support and resources for you to help lead that. Is that something that you've looked into? I have. Um, but the thing that I have a problem with is if it's not directly for a bar program, a lot of reps are reserved. Um, Going back to the Beam Centauri rep, I've been very grateful for him because whether I'm behind a bar or doing like my own event, he's there for me. So that's a brand that I know I could go to. But, you know, trying to be diverse and, you know, maybe get them to understand the difference in Cabassier and Hennessy. I don't see myself getting the Hennessy rep to do it unless it's a bar. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to go to the black bars. And then if I pitch it to a white bar and say... And I hate to say this, like we're in the 60s, like it's the black bars and the white bars. Yeah. But if I'm behind a white owned bar and I say like, hey, we should do maybe like once a month or once a week, do like some tastings and open it up to the public. They know who I'm trying to bring in mm -hmm. and we're not their clientele. I feel like I've gotten hired at a lot of places to kind of just, hey, look at us. We're diverse. But then they'll do things like not have cognac behind the bar or not have Ciroc behind the bar. Brands that they know we're going to gravitate towards. And then they're not taking the time to explain it, explain cocktails to us when you're using spirits that we have no idea what they are. So then people get up and leave. My own friends have done it when I couldn't get over to them 
when I invited them to come down to my bar, my coworkers just wouldn't give them the time of day because, oh, they're not going to tip. Oh, that's, I mean, that's just heartbreaking to hear, you know, and, and I'm not naive. I know things happen and, and people are, we're still dealing with a lot as a country, you know, and, um, it's very hurtful the last couple of years that so many companies stood up and said, this isn't what we stand for. And we are all about inclusion. And it really is about equalness and, and having equity for all. And then hearing you say these things that just seem so recent and so current is it's actually really deflating. It's really yeah. sad. What I say is like, all business is good business, right? And those are the people and the businesses that are going to survive, especially in these times. And I think that there are many brands like what you're describing of Maker's Mark that would want to support you. And it's not about, we're only going to work with the restaurant so that they can buy a couple bottles. So I get a sale in, right? right? It's about connecting with the consumer and making sure that your brand is, is being you know, put out there. And if you're willing to do that and you're passionate about doing that, I think that there's a ton of opportunities. And, you know, I, I would hope that the opportunities are far between, right? You got to like kind of get through the cobwebs, but they're right. there. I would hope that, that you see that, that you feel like those opportunities are out there for you. I feel like they are. I know they are. But again, going back to being in a small market and then a relatively new bartender, I, I would probably have like a little bit more confidence if I was doing this for 15 years, um, because it would be like, if you didn't take my market seriously, you take me seriously because of my resume. But I, I get it. You know, I, I've heard some of the microaggression and passive aggressive responses, and I'm, I'm not naive. Who are you? That's what it is. Who are you? And then the, the person in me once you realize who I am because you see Jackie Summers making a comment on my Facebook or you see Josh sharing a post of mine and then you want to work with me. Now I'm just like, okay, well, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the rocky point that I'm at. I can't turn those people away because it's not just about me. But at the same time, I want to make people aware that, you know, people don't forget those things. You know, you just wanting to work with somebody just because they have a name for themselves. To me, that shows me you're not very authentic in this industry because everybody should want to see the next bartender, regardless of what they look like. I don't just go out of my way to help black bartenders either. I I help white women because they are also a marginalized group in Cleveland and people don't think about that. The aggression towards them is just different because they're the same color. But that doesn't mean that there's not aggression there. I go out of my way to help them. I go out of my way to help white men that have defended me against other white men. And now they're getting treated badly. It's not just my people. My people are my focus. (laughs) Yeah. But But it's it's like a human thing. Right. And it's about humanity and and like taking care of people that that care. And and that can come, you know, in all different colors, shapes and sizes. Um, But I you know, I guess what I do want to tell you as as we start to wrap up because I feel like this is going to be the first of many conversations is, you know, in 15 years, you're going to already have your own brand. So, you know, anybody that wants to like have you (laughs) be out there doing education on their brand, they've missed the boat. So that's the first thing. Um, You know, I, I do want to share with you that when I first got into the industry and I was selling Italian wine, 
I knew nothing about Italian wine. I applied for a job that said I had to speak Italian and have fine Italian wine knowledge. And I had neither. I barely had any wine knowledge, but I still applied because I needed a job when I moved to Miami. And they gave me that opportunity. And probably like I I relate with you because I learned so much about wine from my customers. Like as I went out there and I was trying to sell them the wine, I would just like taste it. And the sommeliers would start tasting it and they'd say all these things. And then I would learn what they said. And then I would go to the next one yeah. and I would be like, oh yeah, don't you taste this? And da, 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 you know, but <laughs> I was brand new and I had to sell Italian wine and nobody knew what they were. So my first thing was education. Like I started this like 12 week Italian wine series. And each week we would feature a different type of wine through Italy. And, um, and I would go to my restaurants and retail stores and I would get them to partner with me so that I could, um, do these events. And it's not like I made a killing off of it, but it helped me get to where I needed to be. So I guess, you know, my point to you, and if you'd be interested is maybe you can put together some sort of a a program and, you know, through our network, we could help you kind of meet some of the right people so that you can start kind of building that resume of yours. And like I said, not 15 years, you've already been four, I think within 10 years, I always say 10 years, you're an expert. I feel like I'll, I'll never be an expert in this industry. Like, like I said, there's always stuff to learn, but yeah, I definitely would be interested in something like that. I was actually talking to a friend of mine here who we competed against each other in the Maker's Mark and Black Restaurant Week competition. And we've been like inseparable since. And I've just been doing what I can to help her. And we were going to try to slowly gravitate into doing like workshops Mm -hmm. and eventually maybe like a local competition for amateur bartenders just to see how those workshops help them. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like prepping them, prepping them to be um, like workshop to. Yeah. I mean, those are all great ideas. I I think like definitely think about it um, and, and pull something together. And I think you know, what you've done reaching out to Josh and, and us getting to know each other, I think is the most important is like really building that network and putting yourself out there because there are a lot of people just like you want to help people. There's a lot of people that want to help others. And, you know, especially when you have um, so much talent that you want to put out there and you have so much to give. Uh, I think there, there are a lot of opportunities. Um, ho- hopefully anyway. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for, you know, sharing your perspective and and your ambition and your drive to to get everything that you want out of this industry. And, you know, I wish you all the best and we're going to help you along your journey. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!